Hi, everybody. Uh, this is Pastor Lee, and I'm joined with Pastor Matt. And today we are doing our Wednesday podcast live. And so we usually record uh, and then release the next week so yep. we can edit. And exactly. <laughs> but today we're, we're, we're live. And what we wanted to do, Matt, was recap the Southern Baptist Convention which took place last week. Yep. And so some of you may have read some news articles, whether it's USA Today or Washington Post, New York Times. Uh, you may have seen you know, some talk on Fox News, CNN, about our convention, uh, because it usually makes the news cycle once a year for a little bit of time of yep. you know, Southern Baptists got together. And so what we want to do is in this episode, just kind of walk through some of the, the highlights of our our meeting. Um, if you have a question, feel free to drop that in the comments section. We, we have our phones open here, so we're going to try to monitor those questions if they come in. And um, so let us know if you have that, uh, because I, I think some, some folks don't realize as a convention, actually the Southern Baptist Convention only really exists in those two days every year when we come together. Mm -hmm. uh, because when we come together, and this year it was in Nashville, and we think had about 15,000 messengers there. And a messenger is someone that has been voted on by their local church to go to the convention to represent their local church to vote on, on matters. Um, you know, the convention exists there, and it's, it's really a two-day long business meeting. <laughs> it's at the end of the day. You know? now, I've never been to one of those. I've been to a couple of the state uh, right. conventions, but I've never been to a, to a, uh, a national one. What, what's it like? What's the experience like? It's, it's really great, you know, um, because you usually get mm, seven, 8,000 people there, depending on location, uh, but also depending on if it's an election year. So this year was an election year where we elected a new president of the Southern Baptist Convention, and if there's any controversy. And right. so there was a little bit of controversy this year that we're going to get into. Uh, and because it was in Nashville, uh, there was over 15,000 people <laughs> who showed up. <laughs> That's a lot of people. So there was a lot of people. But it's great because there are times of worship. Um, there's times of preaching. You get your reports from your seminaries, you know, North American Mission Board, uh, IMB. You know, there's times of commissioning out new missionaries on the international mission field. So that's always a sweet time. You know, I, I, I don't remember how many, I think over... Um, I'm going to say close to 400, but I may be wrong on that. Uh, new missionaries going out. So it's just kind of neat to see those folks standing on that platform and saying, you know, as Southern Baptists, we're supporting you going out on the mission field. But then there's the business meeting side of it. So on Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, anybody can make a motion from the floor like you could in a local church business meeting. Uh, anybody can submit a resolution, you know, um, so you you kind of get some interesting ones because you've invited 15,000 people for open night, you know, mic night. <laughs> you know, I, so. I, I heard there was an, a resolution put forward about the Enneagram. Right, yeah. <laughs> so everybody's like, what? You know? <laughs> so you usually get a few of those. We, we kind of call them our, our uh, crazy uncle. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like we all have those in our families where it's like, oh, there's Uncle Bill. You know, you get that. Um, but it, it's, you know, so our convention really exists at those times. You know, then we have different entities that are functioning throughout the year. You know, executive committee, North American Mission Board, our seminaries, our international mission board, and they're doing kind of the day-to-day -day work that we as messengers at that convention empower them, fund them to do, uh -huh. you know. 
Uh, and so it's, it's always interesting on that. So again, if you're joining us, uh, we are recapping the Southern Baptist Convention from uh, last week. And so if you'd like to uh, comment with a question or anything, or just simply say hi in the comments, we'll, we'll try to answer that. Um, and so Matt, any, anything you picked up on as far as, Well, so the, the, the first kind of thing that I, I became, now you got you're a little more tuned into SBC politics than I am. <laughs> I tend to follow it about as much as the national news cycle does, which is I pay attention about twice a year. Right. Um, uh, but so, so there was a f- kind of a four-way race for the president this year. Right. Um, and three of the guys I'd never heard of. One of the guy I heard of, I knew was Al Mohler. He was the president of Southern Seminary, and he's you know he's got a show called The Briefing. I was familiar with Al Mohler. The other three guys I'd never heard of. So tell me about the guy who got elected. So the guy who got elected, and again, our uh, Southern Baptist president, he's really a spokesperson for the Southern Baptist Convention. Mm-hmm. So he in turn speaks on half of the convention. So there's no like presidential real powers he has, you know, so um, for folks who may have not had a Baptist background, he's not a Pope, he's not a Bishop or a, you know, a director of uh, missions or, you know, in in the sense, what Methodist, I'm going blank on what the Methodist called, superintendents. Right. Yeah. You know, so he, he doesn't, dictate to local Southern Baptist churches what has to be done. But he's going to go on the Fox News on our behalf. He's going to go on the CNNs. He's going to go on those news stations and say, you know, as a convention, here's what we believe. So he's going to set a tone. He's going to cast a vision. Right. Right. And so uh, it was a public figure. He's a public figure on behalf of the convention. So the the person who is elected this year is Ed Litton. And uh, Ed is the pastor of Redemption Church in Mobile, Alabama. And uh, he is been there, I think, over 20-some years, and I've heard him preach several times, very faithful preacher to the gospel and the Bible, um, really seems a very humble guy. Um, he's on his actual second marriage because his first wife and daughter died in a car accident um, uh, several years ago, and then uh, Kathy, who he's married to now, her husband actually died in a car accident about almost the same time, you mm-hmm. know, and then they've married, and Kathy does quite a bit with our convention as well, uh, and so one of the things I think right now that's happening, and I've seen some news articles and kind of those cable news, uh, you know, clips of the of the things, is he's getting labeled as a moderate uh-huh. uh, because, you know, the terms conservative and moderate are getting thrown around sometimes by our, our secular news agencies, right? not really knowing what those terms mean. Well, or <laughs> not knowing what they mean to us. To mean to us. Because the, the words conservative and moderate, if you've been a Baptist for a while, have a very specific theological meaning right. to those of us that, that have been Southern Baptists for several decades. Right, yeah. And so for, for Ed, he is a theological conservative. Mm-hmm. He believes the Bible is the Bible. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Uh, he affirms the Baptist faith and message of 2000, which we as a local church affirm. That's a very conservative theological document. Um, but in the sense, you know, where I think he gets mislabeled moderate mm-hmm. is he does a lot with racial reconciliation there in Mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, he's part of a nonprofit group there that um, works among churches different racially within Mobile. And, and I think it's a beautiful thing, especially with the history of Mobile, Alabama. And uh, so he does a lot there. He cares a lot about sexual abuse victims. Mm-hmm. He does a lot there. And so I think because he does those things, sometimes the the news media labels him as a moderate. Mm-hmm. And we're like, no, 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 that's just being 
gospel center. Right. <laughs> you know, like right. That's just yeah. loving people, you know. And so I've heard him on a couple of the news shows where, you know, they introduce him as, well, you know, the Southern Baptist Convention just elected a moderate. And he's like, no, no, no. You know, and he's gently trying to correct that. Uh, but that's also in some of those articles, given the impression our, our convention's turning moderate theologically. And we're like, right. no, you know, our convention overall still affirms Baptist faith and message. 2000, our seminary presidents do. You know, every seminary professor has to agree to the Baptist faith and message of 2000 to teach at our seminaries. Which is know? a very conservative document. Which is a very conservative document. So yeah. there's no liberal drift happening within our convention with this. Certainly not theologically. Right. Theologically, we've stayed very conservative. You know, and that was one of the things I was thinking about in terms of um, the business that gets done at the convention and especially the some of the controversial issues this time around right. is that this is not a place where folks were getting together to debate what we believe about the Bible, right. what we believe about Jesus, what we believe about the gospel. Yeah. Uh, this was a lot, I mean, this was, there were a lot of debates over more political issues yeah. and how the, and how as a denomination we speak into and how we view political issues. Right. You know, and so I, I think, I just think that's important. Um, you and I both um, have experience in, in uh, the United Methodist Church. Mm -hmm. that, that denomination gets together every four years and they actually come up with, they make changes to what that church actually believes mm. uh, doctrinally. Mm -hmm. And whatever those changes that get voted on, that is what the local churches must, must abide by. Right, right. You know, and those, those changes are binding on, lo yeah. on local churches. Yeah. Baptists, it's a little bit different right. because we, we understand that local churches are autonomous. And when we come together, it's primarily to pool our resources to support missionaries. Right. Yeah, so let's let's talk about that because, and if you're just joining us again, we want to thank you for joining us live today. We usually record these ahead of time, but we wanted to come to you live to give you an update, kind of a recap of the Southern Baptist Convention meeting uh, last week and let you know some important things that were talked about, decided uh, as a convention. So if you have a comment or you know a question, drop it uh, for us. We have our, our phones open, so we'll try to monitor that. So speaking of that, um, like I said earlier, people can make motions. So a motion that is made in a business meeting is something that you want to see the convention take action on. But then there's also resolutions uh -huh. that people can make. And a resolution is different than a motion. You know, so there's a lot of Robert's rules of order, man, that's, <laughs> that'll make your head hurt. And then you have 15,000 people that you're conducting a business meeting with. Yeah, so sometimes people. people will make a motion and word it like a resolution and then it gets ruled out of order, right. you know. Uh, but a resolution is simply a statement that, you know, pretty much again, as Southern Baptist Convention, we're saying here's what we're stating Mm -hmm. You know, uh, those are non-binding on the local churches. Right. So just like you said, that's not the convention saying you must do this. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so one, you know, and there's several resolutions that get brought forth our resolution committee. They only put forth so many of them because mm -hmm. we would be there for weeks. Yeah, 17,000 people. Yeah, yeah, because, well, and people can amend the resolution from the floor. And, so. then, and then you then you have to argue about it and vote <laughs> right. on it and speak for and against. And speak for and against. Yeah. So I want to change and and add that. And then, you know, there's, you know. Uh, so one of those was critical race theory uh -huh. was one of the ones that got a lot of attention within our media and still is. So 
I know that is a very big topic floating around, but let's just, you know, for time's sake, we're going to define it as quickly as we can, talk about it, and then I think, like you, you're going to mention, we're going to do an episode later in the future yeah. on this whole topic. So. Yeah, I, the thing about critical race theory, now critical race theory um, is something that I've um, spent a, a little bit of time working on. Um, I've got a very dear friend of mine that just finished um, his doctoral dissertation um, and has, so has been swimming in this stuff for years. And so I've been sort of hearing about it vicariously through him. Um, it's very much something that's a huge part of academia, but it's also something that has been getting a lot of coverage as a buzzword in right. the media right now. Right. Um, the, the, what makes, I think, critical race theory tricky is that people that are for and people that are against, um, especially out in pop culture, like in the media, have not done a good job defining their terms. Right. Right. And so that's why I think it's, it makes sense for us to do an episode later where we kind of unpack a little bit what exactly is critical race theory. Really, the, the, the controversy at the convention is there was, there was one group of people that said, we want, as a resolution, we want the Southern Baptist Convention to reject critical race theory specifically. Mm -hmm. Critical race theory, essentially at its core, it sees all of society through a racial lens, right. uh, like a race, it, race is like a fundamental part of who you are, okay? And that's, that runs contrary to a lot of the things that we believe biblically about the fact that, you know, God created all men and women in the image of God, and that we primarily see the world through the lens of good and evil. We see it through right and wrong, and we see it through sin. Right. And then, of course, the answer to sin, which is Jesus and what Jesus did for us on the cross. You're right. Um, CRT sees the world very differently. Yeah. Uh, and so the, re the resolution um, that, that wanted to call out critical race theory specifically got voted down. And instead they passed a resolution that basically articulated that. They said, we believe, we believe that the Bible tells us that all of us are created in God's image. We believe that the problem is sin and the answer is Jesus. Right. And we reject any philosophy um, or theory or that's going to tell us that that something other than sin is the problem or that something other than Jesus is the answer. Right. Now, the reason why I think that's wise is because, like I said, I, and I, I do, in the future, we'll talk about CRT specifically and, and what some of the issues are. I, I think culturally, it's, it's, it's a thing that's worth investigating and talking about. Um, but the thing is, is it's, it's the hot topic this week. Right. And next week, there's going to be another hot topic. Yeah. And so I, I'm very comfortable with, with a denomination that says, you know what? We, the Bible teaches us that the problem is sin is the, and the answer is Jesus. And we reject, um, we reject theories and, and, and philosophies that say otherwise. Right. Because, and that, that's kind of a broad statement. Yeah. Because five minutes from now, um, <laughs> the cable news networks are going to be talking about something else. Yeah. And then we can talk about that something else. Right. And, and that resolution, that broad resolution covers whatever that something else is going to be, yeah. I would say. And, and really what happened with that resolution was I think there was over eight or nine resolutions submitted about critical race theory oh, wow. to the committee. Okay. So you have to submit resolutions ahead of time. Motions can be made from the floor at the moment. Uh, but the resolution committee said, okay, we got about eight or nine of these things and we made one, you know? Right. So the resolution that was put forth was a combination of all those, mm -hmm. which like you said, takes that broad stroke of, 
we, do, you know, we, we reject these things. And, and that passed, it passed overwhelmingly. Yeah. Um, and that's something, so as a Southern Baptist convention, we do not hold to critical race theory. Our seminaries do not. Right. We as a local church would not. We would also, you know, denounce it as well. So. Mm-hmm. But that also means it's also important to recognize that that doesn't mean that we don't support efforts of racial reconciliation. Right. It doesn't mean that we're, <laughs> that we're not willing to examine the history of our country and yeah. even of our denomination, right. you know, and say mistakes were made in the past and we want to do better. Right. We want to see, uh, we want to see local churches that are every tongue and tribe and nation and color, just like the kingdom of heaven is going to be someday. Right. Um, and so th- those are all positive things. Yeah. You know, that, that's a gospel centered focus, just right. like you were saying um, with the, the new president Ed Litton and about how that's a, that's a, that's a gospel centered approach to, right. to do that work. And so we, su- we support that work. Yeah. You can support that work and still have problems with this kind of intellectual framework of critical race theory. Right. And that, again, defining those terms is important. So we'll do that <laughs> at some point. We'll do that soon. Yeah. Because that's where on the, on again, the cable news show, it's like, oh, well, you're a moderate because you love people of different races. Like, <laughs> no, I just, no, I, lo- I, I, I love I'm Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Christian. I love Jesus and I love this, <laughs> but I reject critical race theory, you right. know? And so, it, it, and again, we'll get into that more, but I think that is important just to point out because I know, I know articles are being written in our media right now. And, you know, again, the cable news shows are bringing that up, but, you know, for, as a convention, we've, we've rejected that. Our seminaries reject that. We as a local church don't hold a critical race theory, right. but we do care about all races Absolutely. of people. And we want to see people come to know, know Christ. Uh, another issue that came up in the form of a motion that is probably also out in the, the news uh, cycle now is we have essentially an executive committee. Mm-hmm. Now the executive committee uh, pretty much runs the day-to-day business of the Southern Baptist Convention. Right. You know, and they're they, going to be a lot more hands-on than the president is. Right. So the executive committee essentially takes what the messengers have made motions on and says, "Here's steps of actions we want you to take." They do that. So mm-hmm. we have a, a president of the executive committee. They have a board of trustees, and uh, and, and so there is a um, motion passed to hire essentially or form a task force of a third party to examine how the executive committee has handled some recent abuse allegations that have come from some Southern Baptist churches Mm -hmm. and also a a past seminary president at uh, Southeastern and Southwestern. Uh, His name was Paige Patterson. and, And while he was there, there was some abuse allegations that came forth from a student or in students to um, some young ladies and um, those things were not handled well. And because of that, uh, one of the reasons is Paige Patterson was removed from Southwestern as president a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. Um, and then as local churches, uh, the executive committee, there was you know reports to them of some Southern Baptist churches who were covering up sexual abuse allegations um, and not handling those in a proper way. And so, and I know this may be confusing to some folks in the sense of, as local churches, we are partners with our convention. Uh-huh. And so that means it's a partnership. That means our convention, if we do something here as a local church that say, you know, we don't believe the Bible anymore, or, or we're ordaining homosexuals into ministry, the Southern Baptist Convention can 
disassociate with us. Right. They can say, we're, we're voting you out. We're no longer going to we're partner with partner you. Partner with you. And we as yeah. a local church, if our convention ever did something we as a local church weren't comfortable with, we can not partner with them. Because yeah. it's a voluntary partnership. It's a voluntary partnership. Yeah. You know, and, and so with that, um, the executive committee, there are some allegations of them not handling those abuse allegations well mm-hmm. that coming up from local churches and from, you know, a past seminary president. Um, and, and I don't want to say swept under the rug, but kind of gave the perception that it wasn't as forthright and coming as they needed to be. Maybe we would say lack of transparency. Right. And so our, our messengers overwhelmingly um, supported a third party coming in to examine how those were handled and how that can be handled better in the future mm-hmm. uh, because we, we want to make sure, you know, men and women who... Um, have unfortunately maybe some sexual abuse in their past that that's handled appropriately right. and that's handled well, you know? And so there's going to be a study done on that. And I think it's uh, supposed to be reported on next year at the convention. Here's what the task force has uncovered, you know, for lack of a better term or discovered, I guess discovered's better than uncovered, but then they will give the messengers some steps of actions to proposals to take mm-hmm. as a convention. So next year, that cycle will kind of come back. We'll talk about these things. Uh, there will be some recommendations put forth that we, as again, as a convention, can decide what to, to do or, or not do with that issue. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But it's an important issue. You know? Yeah, for sure. It's an important issue. So again, I want to thank you for joining us. We're going to wrap up here for a moment. I know we we'll probably take a longer time on some things, uh, but those were the, the, the highlights of the Southern Baptist Convention. And so if you've got a quick question, drop it in the comments, because I'm going to uh, give us just a, a final thing here about the convention that's always important. And, and so if you've got a question on anything we just talked about, feel free to drop it in the comment. And after I finish my last statement here, I'll, I'll check my phone and We'll, we'll kind of see if anybody right. was like, what did that you just say? <laughs> I know there's a lot when you get talking about this to, to kind of unpack. But, you know, the, the, the main thing coming out of these conventions is essentially this. The mission is still the mission. Right. You know, we still are mandated by Jesus to take the gospel to the nations, to baptize all people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe the Word of God, what we call the Great Commission. That's the whole reason. That's we're the there. whole reason. And, you know, and it's a beautiful thing to be in that room again when we are celebrating new church plants, you know, through the North American Mission Board. We're celebrating disaster relief. We're sending out missionaries. You know, we're hearing about how many people are baptized on the international mission field. And, and that's what I want you to take away from today's conversation. That's who Southern Baptists are. Right. We partner 47,000 Southern Baptist churches throughout the United States, partnering together to reach that next person for Jesus. And so sometimes there are controversies. There's things that just get a little wiggly <laughs> that we've got to deal with as a family. But at the end of the day, that's what we're about. We're about reaching that next person for Christ. Well, I think that's really important to say because uh, that's the part that doesn't make the cable news cycle. Right. You know, even the once a year. Yeah. Because they're going to talk about the controversies. They'll talk about some of the the arguments and the disagreements. They're not going to talk about what all of us agree on, which is we want to reach more people for Jesus. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's good. So thank you so much for joining us live today. Uh, We are going to take a break next week and not record an episode. So we'll We'll be off uh, for a week, so we won't have a new episode out uh, next Wednesday. It's getting to be summertime, so sometimes, you know, looking at those schedules can be a little difficult for 
getting some things ready. Uh, but we want to invite you. We are here on Sunday mornings, no matter if it's spring, summer, fall, winter. <laughs> we're, we're here. We're back in person, 9 a.m., 1030 a.m. on Sunday mornings. You can also join us live here on our Facebook page or YouTube page at the same time. Uh, and so we invite you to do that. We believe that the local church is important uh, because we share the word of God here. Our desire here at Heights is to love and lead all people to a new life with Christ. So we'd love for you to partner with us on that mission as well. And so we look forward to seeing you uh, on Sunday, uh, worshiping with us. I hope you have a great rest of the week. God bless.